Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ticket City presents Why You Go to the Game to See Georgia Southern. The play is known simply as The Run. Peterson took a handoff up the middle, broke a tackle at the line of scrimmage, spins away from the next defender he meets, and he shakes off a diving tackler. 30 yards down the field, he meets another defender and literally throws him out of the way with his right arm, grabs him by the shoulder pad, and swipes him off onto the sideline. It was really so surreal because the place is going completely berserk during the run until he throws off that defender. He throws off that defender, the whole place went silent, stone silent, like an intake of breath. It was just so amazing. Nobody had ever seen it before. And then, of course, the place exploded again after they all caught their breath. Put yourself in the action with Ticket City. Visit savannahnow.com slash sports and click on tickets. Oh, he will. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. Down the sideline. If he can get loose, he's gone. Illigway will score. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern. All right, Georgia Southern fans, welcome to another episode of Georgia Southern Extra. I am Travis Jadon, the beat writer for Georgia Southern Athletics at the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com. Uh, we'll start today's podcast. We're recording on Wednesday of this week. We'll start with some basketball discussion about the Eagles as they approach a, a really critical stretch in Sunbelt Conference play. But they are coming off back-to-back road wins uh, last week over Troy and South Alabama. They have won four of their last five, and they're really starting to kind of piece it together, I think, at least. And then we'll get to some football stuff, including a look at uh, who I think the three bigger or what I think the three biggest position needs are for Georgia Southern heading into their spring, which will begin on February 13th with their first of 15 practices uh, in the spring. It will conclude with the March 9th spring game at Paulson Stadium that will be played at 11 a.m. Um, so, And then they have three scrimmages along the way the football team does. So we'll get to all that with the football team. Some transfer news coming last week as well. So plenty to get to and with us only going uh, every two weeks now for Georgia Southern Extra, there's a lot to catch up on uh, before we start to head into February. So we'll start with basketball. Um, and like I said, the basketball team at 12-7, and 4-2 and two in the conference uh, is, is starting to put things together, it seems like. And, you know, with, with all of the stuff that they've gone through, including injuries, including uh, some pretty remarkably low shooting numbers from from three-point land especially the team has managed to kind of scrap and stay you know but not just average but near the top of the Sun Belt. they're they're tied in second now at four and two and the team that they are hosting on Thursday night of this week UTA Texas Arlington um, is also four and two they've won four in a row so they're tied with Georgia Southern in second place in the league but I, I wanted to first kind of start with when I talked to coach Mark Byington this week kind of asked him that I asked him pretty pretty simply if most college basketball coaches most athletic coaches I guess like their teams to be playing their best basketball at the end of the season so I asked if on that spectrum 
uh, Georgia Southern having reached its full potential or, you know, being a complete failure, where is his team right now in terms of where they need to be come March? And what he said was pretty interesting. Let's hear what Byington had to say to that. Yeah, we're not close to where I, I think we can be. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things right now where we're learning to eliminate mental mistakes and some mental errors throughout the game. And, you know, and, and sometimes we might win a game by one when if, if we, we played a little smarter, we could have won a game by seven or eight points. Or sometimes we don't win the game. And, and throughout the game, if we eliminate some mental mistakes, we could have been better and, and maybe won that game easier. So, um, yeah, we're, we're growing. And it's not going to be so much physically. It's just going to be mentally. And, and I think the guys are learning along the way. And, and, and we're, we're getting healthier. Um, well, you know, we're not where we need to be, but we're getting healthier. And, and and the other thing, too, is we played six for our last eight games on the road. So the good news is we have, you know, more games at home uh, the rest of the way than on the road. And that gives us a chance to not have to battle the fatigue of traveling so much. So you hear Mark Byington there talking about how he thinks they're nowhere near where they need to be. And it's just a couple of possessions here and there, a few points here and there. And really what he's saying is pretty clearly backed up in the numbers because Georgia Southern's last three losses, I mean, they've, they've won four or five, but the last three losses that they do have have come by four points, three points, and two points. So what you're talking about it is a possession and a half, two possessions, two and a half possessions in an entire basketball game. And that's where Georgia Southern has kind of let their foot off the gas at certain points. Now, it might not be a lot to say that, that the team – knows how good it is and the team knows that it has the ability to come back certainly they've made a living off of coming back this year they've trailed in a lot of the their games at halftime well over half of their games at halftime so they're used to coming back and they're obviously capable of coming back but uh, Byington seems to think and, and I would agree that they still have plenty to put together including the ability to, to string together 15, 20, 25, 30 possessions in a row, offense and defense, and you know score, which they are scoring. They're, they're one of the highest-ranked teams in the country scoring. Um, it, but, but to be able to put together stops when you need them most um, is, I think, where this team can improve next. And I, I don't have any doubts that they will do that at some point. Let's, I, I want to kind of run off some key stats from the Georgia Southern basketball team, uh, like I said, they're one of the best scoring teams in the country. They're number one in the Sun Belt, number 11 in NCAA basketball, which ranks uh, 353 teams. They're scoring 85.4 a game. You know, but they're also one of the worst defensive teams in the country, ranked number 312, uh, allowing 78 points per game. So, you know, it doesn't take a genius to figure out the Georgia Southern makes its hair off of scoring the basketball and obviously only occasionally getting stops. So, you know, I think that the field goal percentage of Georgia Southern, which is over 50% right now, that's top 10 in the country at number eight, number one in the Sun Belt, um, is in really due to the fact that they are shooting such a high percentage inside the three-point line. And so it's no secret that that's where Georgia Southern wants to score and they want to get out and run. And that leads to the next stat, which is something that is pretty important uh, to me, I think. And I I know for a fact that it's important uh, to coach Mark Byington possessions per 40 minutes. So it's a metric that basically accounts for who you're playing and the pace that they play. Um, And it averages that with the pace that you play in any given game over 40 minutes. 
So uh, possessions per 40 minutes, Georgia Southern is number six in the country at 75 and a half possessions a game. Now, without, without getting too nerdy, um, I, I think that this is important because you just heard Coach Byington say that it's the, you know, a possession here and a possession there could have changed, could have made this Georgia Southern season a lot different already. And it could still impact the season going forward because when you're losing, you know, your last three games by a combined nine points, that's three points a game. You, you don't have a lot of margin for error. And so upping these possessions to 75 and a half from last year where they were, you know, middle of the pack pace wise, it's a clear philosophy change for Byington and the Georgia Southern program. And the numbers bear out that that's what they value and that's what they find important because they're getting 75 and a half possessions per game. Whereas someone like uh, UTA and Texas state who Georgia Southern will play this week, they're down in the two thirties in terms of ranks per possessions per game with about 66, 67. So that's eight, nine, 10 more possessions a game. Uh, that's more, that's enough possessions to know that, it isn't just happenstance. That's a philosophy change. And it's been pretty evident. Uh, finally, the three-point percentage for Georgia Southern is beginning to improve, and that's in large part due to Tukey Brown's three-point percentage beginning to improve. But they're shooting 32.3% from three-point land now. That's 11th in the Sun Belt and 272nd overall. So, uh, Producer Zach, are you caught up on all the stats now? You got everything? I know the one stat that I can say definitively is that you said the word possession more times in that last five minutes than I think has ever been said in the history of the word possession. Well, I actually made a bet now that you called me out and I made a bet that I couldn't say the word possession 10 times. Were you doing prop bets for the, for the podcast? I didn't know that. No comment. I'm not going to comment <laughs> on prop bets that Greg and I have for saying the word possession. Um, Wolf. <laughs> If num if these but if the Georgia Southern numbers do stay the same, there's two things that are that at least impressed me. Georgia Southern's points per game, eighty five point four, uh, would be the highest in the Sun Belt Conference since nineteen ninety three, when Lamar averaged eighty eight point three. Their field goal percentage of just over fifty percent would be the highest since nineteen eighty nine when South Alabama shot 52% from the field. So, I mean, those are obviously historic numbers when you're talking about over 20 years since it's been done. So we'll look to see if Georgia Southern basketball can continue uh, to to put up the scoring numbers and get stops, uh, you know, only occasionally. But, you know, one thing that I want to do and that I honestly try to do in every sport uh, to try to find trends, uh, specifically trends for a team, what happens when they win, and what happens a lot of the times when they lose. And if you will if you look at it that way from that vantage point, you'll start to see that one of the biggest factors in Georgia Southern winning and losing games this year has been the uh, ability to have or not have uh, a third score behind Tukey Brown and Quan Jackson. Now, Ike Smith being out uh, for now, I think it's over 10 games at this point, um, has certainly changed the the roles for everybody. Ike Smith would have been the clear number two, probably, and you know if not, then definitely the number three behind Jackson. But with Ike Smith, he, he is back from workouts. But with him being out, it's been Tukey Brown and Quan Jackson for the large majority of the season. But when Georgia Southern does have a third score, uh, whether it be David Lee Jones, whether it be Isaiah Crawley, 
uh, Simeon Carter. Some of those guys have managed to step up in games where you didn't necessarily know who it was going to be to step up. But of late, it has been uh, senior Monte Glenn, big man Monte Glenn, who has been really, really, really good uh, of late. He scored 10-plus in four straight games, uh, averaging 10 a game and 7.5 rebounds per game. He's shooting almost 65% from the field, so that's pretty remarkable numbers. So, you know, when you go through and look at the Georgia Southern wins this year versus the Georgia Southern losses, a lot of the times uh, in the Georgia Southern losses, it's Monte Glenn, uh, you know, not playing from injury or not playing a large role in the game and not being that third score. So with Monte Glenn's rise or, uh, you know, ascent to the third position on the scoring column for Georgia Southern, they've won four or five. And I think it's no secret that, or it's, you know, it's no coincidence that Monte Glenn has scored 10 plus in four straight games. So that's something that I, I've been looking at since Glenn's been returning from injury, playing time with, with Simeon Carter, and it, uh, Glenn's managed to put up pretty solid numbers uh, across the board. Um, let's update you guys on Tukey Brown, uh, just as far as what he is approaching milestones-wise and kind of what he's done. It looks like, and you know, I'm pretty confident in saying this, it looks like the, the all-time Georgia Southern school record for scoring uh, Division One and non-Division One uh, is a little out of reach. Tukey Brown has 2,043 career points, so that would mean he needs 499 for the all-time school record. And with 12 regular season games remaining, so that's, you know, you get 12 minimum, 13 probably with, with the conference tournament at, at the very least, you're looking at over, you know, 35, 40 points per game for Tukey Brown to reach that record. So that's probably not going to happen. But, you know, it is worth tracking to see, you know, if Georgia Southern makes a postseason tournament, maybe those 12 games become 16, 17, 18 games left. So we'll see what happens with Tukey Brown on the scoring record. He has 50 career 20-plus point games now and, and 100 games in double figures. Uh, to put that in perspective, 100 times Tukey Brown has scored in double figures. And he's played in 115 career games. So all but 15 times Tukey Brown has scored you at least 10 points. And that is really remarkable consistency. I I don't know this, but I would be willing to wager a large sum that a lot of those 15 games that he didn't score, 10 plus points, came early on uh, in his career. But, you know, Georgia Southern, as far as leaning on Tukey Brown, is A-OK with that because what you're doing is not just leaning on a guy that that's dependent on making shots to impact the game. Tukey Brown it can impact the game in a lot of ways. You guys that have seen him play, you know that already. But, you know, 17 points a game, I think like three or four assists a game, three or four rebounds a game, and a couple of steals. He's a guy that's going to impact it no matter what, but uh, has really been remarkably consistent. I did want to uh, let you guys hear this from Coach Mark Byington, and I asked him, uh, this was a couple weeks ago now. I asked him basically what he thinks uh, Tukey Brown's legacy will be at Georgia Southern now that he's in the back half of his senior year um, and kind of where Byington thinks that you know his legacy will stand. And what you heard from Byington is what you've heard from, from Tukey Brown in the past. Really what, what Brown is concerned with right now is making an impact in March. And for that to happen, Georgia Southern obviously – has got to be playing somewhere in late March or mid-March. So 
This is what two or Byington had to say about Tukey Brown's legacy moving forward for Georgia Southern. I know he wants to go out to the NCAA tournament, and you know his his personal you know records and, and the different accomplishments he had is already going to make him one of the best to ever come through here. And he's you know he's elevated our program, he's elevated our team, he's 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 done everything the right way, but. You know, I, I think he wants to know that his, his you know, his, his ultimate legacy, maybe the top line is going to be, you know, is going to be whether we're in the postseason or not. And so um, uh, he's got some good guys around him and some good players around him. But, uh, but I think he wants to shoulder that burden. I mean, he's never going to hide from any, any kind of challenge. So you hear it right there. The only thing that, that Byington thinks Brown cares about it is playing in March and winning basketball games and he hopes that that is the legacy that he leaves and, and not so much the individual things we've heard that before but but regardless of, of what happens in March where do you uh where do you kind of see Tukey Brown in terms of the uh, legacy of Georgia Southern basketball yeah I mean I see him you know obviously I wasn't around for the 1953-1954 season when just missed it yeah when when scoring records were set for Georgia Southern I think that when when you look at Tukey Brown's impact on the program, we may not know it for a while, but what I could see happening is that the momentum from these last four seasons, which coincidentally have been Brown's seasons in Statesboro, the impact of these seasons uh, turning Georgia Southern into more than just a forgettable basketball program and, and a perennial 20-win team, it's been because of Tukey Brown. And when he decided after decommitting from Mississippi State four years ago, when he decided to come to Georgia Southern to play basketball, it really changed the trajectory of Georgia Southern basketball. And thats I don't think that's a stretch to say that. So for me, there is nobody in Georgia Southern basketball history who has had a bigger impact than Tukey Brown. But you know, I think as far as the most talented players, he's certainly going to be right up there. And should be paid uh, a handsome, handsome sum to eventually play basketball somewhere. I was so, about to say, make sure you clarify that comment. Right, yeah. We don't <laughs> want them, how dare they think about making a monetary gain off of work. That's true. No, that's that's absurd. I mean, any, uh, just off the wall, any any NBA prospects for Tukey? Maybe, maybe, maybe hang around in the G League or something? Well, I mean, I think, yeah, he's definitely going to be able to play professionally i think a lot of it has to do with what guys want to be because you'll probably be given a choice of making x number of dollars in the g league and staying in america and being close ish to the nba or you could probably be paid more to go play in europe or to go play somewhere else and you would be a marquee name uh you'd get to probably see parts of the world that you wouldn't typically get to see if you're playing in the G League where you're playing in places like Maine and Idaho, yeah. I believe, has a team. So, And honestly, it's a, probably a better place to kind of build stock as people like Brandon Jennings and uh, Emmanuel Moutier have shown. Yeah, and I don't really know, but I don't think there's a lot of uh, you know personal branding going on in the G League. So you could, no. pr- you could probably do a little better for yourself personally, even off the court, uh, playing in Europe or playing professionally somewhere else. Definitely. I think those are going to be questions for sure to answer your question. That's, those are going to be questions that Brown will have to answer, and he will probably have options. So uh, let, let's get to one more thing from uh, Mark Byington and then quickly touch on Texas Arlington and Texas State and then jump to football. So I, I think 
to close out the Georgia Southern kind of summary so far this season, they need a little bit more from anywhere else. And, and they will become really what I think is an elite group of five team. If the defense plays just a little better, if they can just get to average from where they're at right now, which is below average, um, or if they can just shoot a little better from three, if they can move their free throw percentage a little bit higher, then they can be great because we've touched on it over and over. The margin is very, very narrow in a lot of these losses. And you could say the same about the wins, but certainly in the losses, the margin is narrow. So if they just do a little bit more, I think this team can go from being good to being great. Here's Mark Byington on the benefit of playing so many close games heading into the back half of conference play. Well, one of the things we did this week is is we looked at all the mistakes that we made or our, our, our mental mistakes or physical mistakes that we made leading up to the last minute of the game. Mm-hmm. And, and, and sometimes, you know, you're making so many errors, um, you know, in the first half or early in the second half that, you know, you could be up by eight with a minute to go rather than down one or up one. So so right now we're, we're correcting a lot of things that kind of just happened throughout the game. And but when the more you you're right, the more you are in, in a possession game towards the end, the more comfortable your guys get, um, the greater understanding they know of, you know, uh, who's going to take the shot, the role, the different things like that. And, and that that definitely helps you in tournament time because all of them are close. So you heard Mark Byington there saying there is a great benefit to playing these close basketball games because they're all close down the stretch and you had better be ready when they do come knocking on your door. Let's jump quickly to a preview of UTA and Texas State this week. UTA comes in to Hanner on Thursday night. It's student appreciation night, so make sure you check out what all that involves. Um, UTA is 8-11. and 11. They're 4-2 and two in the conference, having won four straight games. That's the best in the Sun Belt right now, tied for the best uh, with Georgia Southern who, or with uh, Texas State, who plays Georgia Southern on Saturday. So, when the Mavericks come to Statesboro on Thursday night, they will be coming having lost to Georgia Southern earlier in the season, 77-64 to on January 5th in Arlington. So nine meetings uh, since 1972 in this series. Uh, no team has won back-to-back games, so Georgia Southern will be looking to do that. Um, and like we touched on earlier, if you're looking for kind of what Texas Arlington will offer strategy-wise or scheme-wise, they will be a slower-paced team at... 67 possessions per game. That's 221 in the country. They'll play solid defense and rely really heavily on junior guard, Edric Dennis, who's averaging 15 and a half per game right now, but he's red hot coming into Statesboro. Um, Really what Dennis offers is kind of what Brown offers for Georgia Southern, uh, uh, a guy that's pretty much guaranteed to get you at least 15, um, but certainly a guy that's capable at any time of going off for 25 to 35. So, Definitely someone to look out for him. Uh, UTA Sunbelt ranks their number 12 in scoring. That's dead last. 66 a game. They are number three in defense, averaging right around 69 points, giving up a game. Nice number 12 in field goal percentage at 39%. So obviously two contrasting teams here. UTA, one of the best defensive teams in the conference and the worst offensive team in the conference, Georgia Southern. You can flip those around and find the same thing. So Texas State on Saturday will come in. Also having won four in a row, uh, 16-3, and 5-1, tied with Georgia State atop the Sunbelt Conference. They beat Georgia Southern in the conference opener on January 3rd in San Marcos. 
and they'll play a slow pace as well at 67 possessions a game. And Texas State is a really, really good basketball team for those that don't know. So Saturday at 5 p.m. at Hannard Fieldhouse, if you want to see quality basketball, that that's a really good opportunity. They're number one in the league in a lot of categories, including scoring margin where they're 14 points a game better than their opponent. They're number one in field goal percentage defense. And they're number one in assists. So field goal percentage defense, Texas State's number one. Field goal percentage on offense, Georgia Southern is at an all-time pace right now. So something I'll have to give on that. And like we said uh, earlier in the year, the opening Sunbelt game, Texas State knocked off Georgia Southern by three points. Again, another loss by a possession or a possession and a half. So Georgia Southern will have the opportunity to uh, get some revenge on Texas State. And then just to let you guys know, after that, on February 2nd, Georgia Southern will head to Georgia State for the first time this year and take on the Panthers. And you guys don't need me to tell you how how big that game is and uh, how, how much Georgia Southern and Georgia State want to win that game. A um, lot riding on that one for sure. Our sponsor today is Nutrition with B-Ray, a local meal prep delivery service. Nutrition with B-Ray makes healthy eating easy by preparing meals with locally sourced ingredients and delivering them right to your doorstep. Nutrition with B-Ray's meals simplify portion control and are labeled with caloric and macronutrient counts. Learn more or try Nutrition with B-Ray today by visiting nutritionwithbray.com, sending an email to fitnesswithbray at gmail.com, or by calling 828 828- Five three nine one eight four two. Mention the promo code commute. That's C O M M U T E for ten percent off your order. That's nutrition with B Ray. Nothing else from basketball for me. So let's jump right into football. A lot of news has been coming out, kind of slowly, but but a lot of it is going to be important for the offseason and the preseason moving into 2019. The 2019 season prep has officially begun and spring practices of which there will be 15. uh, They'll begin February 13th in Statesboro. Um, All but all but uh, one, I think, of the practices will be at Paulson Stadium. Uh, So that's kind of a change. But the uh, spring game on March 9th at 11 a.m. will conclude Spring practices, that's the 15th and final practice. Uh, You'll have scrimmages on the Saturdays of spring practice. So that's February 23rd, March 2nd, and March 9th. So all of these practices are open to the public. Uh, You can find all that information on gseagles.com or check out our story on savannahnow.com. I was about to say, or the Savannah Morning News. Right, yeah, or the Savannah Morning News website at savannahnow.com. Be a company man. I am a company man. Man? (laughs) So we had a transfer uh, this week also, which I think is vital. I mean, not vital, but I think is relevant in terms of where Georgia Southern uh, was lacking. They addressed a little bit of it, at least. Uh, Donald Rutledge, a secondary player from Savannah State, uh, will be a grad transfer and on the Georgia Southern roster. In 2019, I got to see um, a, a fair amount of Rutledge over the last year, and he he's a quality player on the back end. I think that... You know, I was trying to think of someone I could compare him to body-wise and, and kind of just the way he plays, uh, someone that you guys would be more familiar with. And I really couldn't as far as last year's Georgia Southern team because he, he's kind of a unique player. You can certainly find some of his highlights and videos online. Look for yourself and you'll see what I mean. Kind of a unique 
looking secondary player, but the way he plays is is really hard nosed, and he will fit right in to the way that Georgia Southern likes to play, and especially the way that defensive coordinator Scott Sloan likes to let the defensive guys kind of run free and and, and make their own plays. Uh, last year at Savannah State, 53 tackles for Rutledge, uh, team high, seven pass breakups, two interceptions, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. So. Definitely makes a lot of plays, and like I said, he'll be a fifth-year grad transfer, so he will be eligible immediately. And at the very least, now you have guys in the secondary that include Kendall Vildor, uh, a senior, Maquavian Brinson, senior, and you have Donald Rutledge now, a grad transfer senior. So I think it's pretty clear that, that the secondary will be very veteran. We thought that, but... Again, just like last season, it could be where the top line is extremely, extremely veteran and right behind them are some young guys. So that's a position to kind of monitor moving forward. And that kind of leads me into what I wanted to talk about uh, next. And that's three positions I think that we should watch heading into the spring practices and the spring scrimmage, the blue-white game on March 9th. Uh, So I'll give you a few names at each spot and – you know, just kind of names to keep an eye on and spots to keep an eye on. Uh, certainly some of these positions could be addressed uh, on February 6th on the National Signing Day. But I'll start, you know, at Georgia Southern, you can't really go anywhere else until you've addressed the running back position. And when you're losing Westfields and Monteo Garrett, it's fair to wonder who's going to take over that role. I mean, that's a lot of just uh, usage that you're losing. So, Look at the number of carries those two guys got. Look at the number of yards, touchdowns. And you'll see there's a lot that Georgia Southern has to make up there. So I think they are definitely more than capable of doing that with the guys on the roster. But it could be that the guys coming in this year make an impact. But I think already on the roster, there were guys that could do that. First, we have to wonder if Wes Kennedy is going to stay at running back. Because if he does stay at running back, you'd have to pretty much guarantee that he's going to be one of the top two guys. That's pretty obvious I feel like but if he doesn't stay at running back he moves to slot you know presumably uh and if he does if he does stay at running back then the slot position becomes a position that you want to look at um so let's assume that Wes Kennedy doesn't stay at running back it would probably be Logan Wright and Matt LaRoche and even if Kennedy does stay it will probably be Logan Wright and Matt LaRoche that do a bulk of the carrying but uh, you know two guys you should know that can impact this position moving forward for sure are Grant Walker and Andrew Cunningham. Walker played a lot last year on special teams and played a little bit in the backfield. Cunningham did not because of an injury late in high school. Cunningham was a really highly touted guy. A lot of you probably have heard that name. Uh, Grant Walker also pretty highly touted um, out of the Atlanta area. So those are two names to look at for slotting in behind uh, Logan Wright and Matt LaRoche at the running back spot. Uh, second for me is, and again, this is not the most important positions, the three most important positions, but these are three positions that I think are definitely up for grabs. First was running back. Second quarterback, I think, is a spot that Georgia Southern has to look at. And, and obviously I'm talking about behind shy words. You had Justin Tomlin, the freshman last year, uh, who was, who will presumably come into spring practice uh, as the front runner for the backup quarterback job. But a name to watch is Jaden Jenkins. That's the early enrollee, uh, the true freshman uh, 
from Jefferson and Jenkins is is really highly touted and he is a really perfect fit for this system that Georgia Southern is running. He really reminds me a lot of of the way that Wirtz looks when you look at his senior year footage from Clinton, South Carolina. Jenkins strikes me as that kind of guy and he certainly seems to be uh, the kind of guy that won't be scared of the moment and won't be uh, you know, relegated to no playing time simply because he's young and, and a freshman. But you know, obviously we'll have to see uh, moving into spring practice how they handle that and how many reps uh, the guys behind Wirtz will get. Um, I'd imagine it will be a lot. Uh, so the backup quarterback position after LeBaron Anthony leaves from last year's team is certainly something that they, that they need to look at. And Cato Brown, I guess. I don't want to forget about Cato. So the third position for me is safety. And we touched on it earlier with Donald Rutledge coming over. He seems to be a candidate at the very least to replace uh, departing seniors Sean Freeman and Josh Moon. Um, someone's going to have to step up. If it's not Rutledge, it'll have to be Kenderick Duncan Jr., or two guys that I think potentially, uh, you know, Duncan already at safety, played last year in the absence of Freeman and looks to be a really, really quality player in the back end for Georgia Southern. But two guys that I think, and, you know, this is just me personally that I like uh, on the Georgia Southern defense and I just like the way they play and I think have the ability to play safety uh, are Jesse Liptrod and Jay Bowdry. I think these are two guys that, that – are kind of the new age hybrid outside linebacker safety kind of guys. And they offer flexibility for Sloan and Lunsford uh, in the back end. And, and if that is the route that uh, Scott Sloan and the coaching staff want to take, it is, you know, certainly possible that Jesse Liptrotter or Jay Bowdry could, you know, make an impact on the back end at safety. Uh, those are three positions for me that y- you should look at and, and that I'm looking at heading into uh, spring practice, but super exciting time of year. Uh, we'll wrap up quickly with two more things. I, I wanted to kind of give a shout out to the Coaches Continuity Fund, uh, which is CCF, and they were really clutch when it come, came to Chad Lunsford's new contract extension, which I'm sure you guys have all heard about by now. You've read about it on savannahnow.com, but, but really for me, I think that – a lot of people don't realize that there is kind of a way that these things go in the university system of Georgia. Uh, and a lot of it is not what as cut and dry as you might think. Whereas like, let's say a pro co- coaching contract, you could get four years, a hundred million dollars. And some of it might be guaranteed. Some of it might not be in the university system of Georgia. All the employees will work on uh, basically continuing one year contracts. So, if at any point in time Chad Lunsford were to be fired by Georgia Southern for uh, you know valid reason, obviously, then he would not be owed the money that was from the back end of the contract or from the next years of the contract besides the current year from the school. They wouldn't be the ones paying him. It's an insurance policy, essentially, uh, that the athletic foundation in this case has for the coaching staff. So, you know, an easier way, I guess, to say that is that a multi-year deal would be insured by the athletic foundation, not the athletic department. So it is a one-year recurring deal for everybody. Uh, and the way I understand it, that's not just athletic coaches. That's that's the university system of Georgia. So the the fact that the CCF had the ability 
and really answered the call when the school and the athletic department needed it uh, was really huge. And I think props to them and props to you guys and props to the donors for stepping up because that, you know, whether we like it or not, it, if you don't spend the money, you aren't going to win on the football field. And, and that's just a fact. So being able to do things like this kind of propel Georgia Southern into where they want to be in the next three, five, ten, and even when you look big picture down, you know, down the line, Georgia Southern, if it wants to play with the big boys, and it certainly does at some point, will begin to start spending like the big boys at some point. So props to the CCF for stepping up when they were needed. Um, finally, we'll close out here. I just want to run through key dates. We just went through a lot of stuff quickly, so I, I wanted to just kind of get this out there and let you guys know what's coming up for Georgia Southern. Uh, February 6th, we said signing day, and that'll be our next podcast for Georgia Southern Extra as well. That's two Wednesdays from now. So that day is a day that Georgia Southern will not be signing a lot of guys but it will be the official end of the 2019 class. So you'll be able to kind of see where Georgia Southern thinks it has holes based on where they send these three to five scholarships. Uh, I think definitely kicker is something that they're looking at and maybe a couple of defensive ends. Uh, February 6th for that one is the podcast and signing day. February 16th, team awards banquet and gala for the 2018 team. Uh, I believe there are seats still available for that and all all of those funds go towards the CCF. So that's just another way that you can contribute to the program. Uh, March 1st, Sunbelt schedule release. Uh, so that, that's the day that we'll know when Georgia Southern is playing, who they're playing in the conference. We already really know a lot of the details as far as when, when, you know, what games are at home, what games are on the road, and kind of what area the games will be in. But you'll get the specific dates on March 1st. March 9th, we touched on it, the blue-white game. So that's the spring game at 11 a.m. Busy day in Statesville that day on March 9th. You have the spring game on or at 11 a.m., a uh, baseball game at 2 p.m., and then the regular season basketball finale at 5 p.m. when Georgia State comes to Statesville. Finally, the Sunbelt Conference Tournament will take place, basketball tournament will take place March 12th through 17th in New Orleans. So that's... A lengthy tournament, but if Georgia Southern comes in the top echelon of the league, they likely won't have to play until March 13th or March 14th, uh, potentially get a triple bye in the Sun Belt Conference Tournament. So there's just some dates to keep an eye on. And again, we'll be back with you guys on February 6th for signing day. We'll have all of the stuff you need to know about the 2019 class and about Georgia Southern spring football, which will begin you know, a week after uh, signing day. So quickly moving into 2019 and kind of putting 2018 behind them. So we'll kind of do the same here on Georgia Southern Extra. Uh, appreciate you guys joining us. Make sure you rate, subscribe this podcast wherever you listen. Follow on Twitter at Jadon Sports and at Savannah Now. And then you can read all of the Georgia Southern coverage, including football, basketball, and then not too long it'll be baseball on Savannah Now com slash sports before we wrap up travis uh super bowl is in our backyard who do you got rams or patriots pats pats i don't need to know the final i don't need to know who they're playing it's the pats it's like lebron i, I, I i'm kind of sick of trying to find a way that someone's going to beat tom brady and the patriots because it's a fool's errand i mean they, yeah. they make it every year they do and it's 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 crazy to think that i mean 
it's not like anybody beat them last year or anything. So they're <laughs> <laughs> well, you lost a lot of listeners though with that that very big pat. Uh, I don't know, like the Patriots. Sign. I'm a Dolphins fan, so I I get we'll, plenty. We'll have to dig into that at some point. Yeah, <laughs> you can just pencil us in for seven to nine to eight and eight every single year. So <laughs> thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. Down the sideline. If he can get loose, he's gone. Illigway will score. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.